The Corner Table is brought to you by the Cap Times Idea Fest. Two days of lively discussion on September 28th and 29th on the University of Wisconsin-Madison campus. You can find tickets at captimesideafest.com. I can tell you that when you see about eight people tackling one juniper bush and they're up and underneath and all around and, um, you know, going after that juniper, it's really a sight to behold. (laughs) Hello, welcome to The Corner Table, a Capital Times podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin. Every September, a group of about 50 bartenders from around the country hop on a repurposed cherry train on Washington Island, headed toward the island's juniper bushes. They are going to harvest those dark purple berries they produce, an essential ingredient in Death Store Gin. I am your host, Cap Times food writer Lindsay Christians, and I have been curious about this harvest for years. This week on the podcast, I got to ask Margaret Ebling from Death Store all of my questions about juniper and gin and why this distillery brand experience, as they're called, is all Wisconsin all the time. Stay tuned. Welcome, Margaret. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. So you are from Death Store. Tell folks, first of all, what you do over there. Absolutely. So um, I'm the marketing director for Death Store Distillery. Uh, we're located out in Middleton, just uh, on the other side of the, the Beltline. Um, and I get the good fortune every year of running a very special event that we have at Death Store called Juniper Harvest Festival. I have been hearing about the Juniper Harvest Festival for years, and I have so much curiosity about it. How did the Juniper Harvest Festival start? Well, it started about 11 years ago, so um, it's not a surprise that you have heard about it um, because it's been going on for quite some time now. Um, It's actually uh, one of the original, I guess, distillery brand experiences out there. Um, There's a lot of distilleries now across the world that will do these type of experiences, but we are proud to say we're among the first, and we're very proud of what we do with that. We've changed our format a little bit over the years, but I can tell you now what we do is an invitation-only process for bartenders for around the world. So you have to be a member of the bar I have to be a bar industry professional in order to participate. Last year, uh, the furthest point away, we had a gal from Singapore. Um, This year, our furthest point uh, for travel is Melbourne, Australia. Oh, my gosh. So this has become a global phenomenon. But um, to answer your question about how this all started, it actually, like, again, we, we started this event 11 years ago. And our founder, Brian Ellison, uh, the founder of Death Store Distillery, he actually, um, he learned pretty quickly that, um, well, one, he's going to need juniper in order to make the gin, because that is the one common factor among all gins globally, is that they must contain juniper in order to be considered a gin. And so he knew, for one, he needed the raw material. Um, There's a bunch of it uh, up on Washington Island. And... Uh, he said, well, goodness, we should just harvest some of the the juniper on the island. I can tell you that picking juniper is an extremely painstaking experience. They're a thorny variety. They, and, and the juniper is actually um, the berry, or it's, it's actually a modified cone, um, and it sticks underneath the branches. And so you're, you've probably seen a juniper because 
just about everywhere around you, there's juniper and those little blue berries that you see. They can thrive around water or without water in rocky environments, no matter the soil. I, I laugh because sometimes if you're like, well, where would I find juniper? Well, go to your local car wash because there's probably one growing right there out front. In rock gardens and stuff. Rock like... gardens everywhere. And juniper can be, to some people, can be quite the weed. They don't actually want it. And so um, we, we do our Juniper Harvest Festival in order to, you know, basically harvest some of the juniper that we need in order for the production of our gin. Who owns the juniper that you're harvesting? Yeah, that the juniper for, for that uh, we harvest on Washington Island is actually at Greengate Farms. It's, uh, it's George and Susan Ulm, and they're lovely hosts for us every year. Matter of fact, Susan is so kind. She actually walks the fields for us um, in advance and will tie ribbons on, on the bushes that she thinks are going to be able to produce the most. This is a great thing to do because some plants don't produce at all because there's male and female plants. So she's, she walks the property. She um, actually mows some paths through um, because some of the juniper can get to be, you know, 10 feet wide and about six feet high. And you can physically get your whole body into the, the juniper bush. And so I can tell you that when you see about eight people tackling one juniper bush and they're up and underneath and all around and, um, you know, going after that juniper, it's really a sight to behold. <laughs> is there a season for juniper berries? You know, strangely, there is and there isn't. To kind of, and there's, there's smarter agricultural people out there. And a matter of fact, we, we bring Ron Dutch, who's a specialist from Illinois, up to the island every year to really get into the granular detail of juniper. But it has about an 18-month gestation. So some juniper will come in around the spring, other around the summer, or around the fall, based on the 18 months. But we find that the fall is the best one because it's a beautiful time to be in Wisconsin and, and tends to be a harvest uh, time of year for us as a, as a state. But it's, it's when the cool weather starts to kind of roll in that makes it uh, some of the berries will start to turn to that more purple and blue that we're looking for. Does it color the gin, like when you put the berries it, in it? No, it does not. Um, and the interesting part about juniper, when you're using it in distillation, um, and, and I should be clear, for Death's Door, we only use fresh whole juniper. Um, there's other ways that you can go about it, but we only want the fresh um, the juniper barrier, the, the modified cone. And what we do with it, um, along with our other two botanicals, so we actually make our gin with only three botanicals, the juniper, coriander, and fennel, uh, we use a vapor extraction process. So instead of making like a tea, so if you're thinking about making tea at home, and you're like, oh, I'll just dunk that in there. The process for us is different. We actually run steam over it. Um, and we're actually looking for that beautiful oil on the outside of the berry um, because that's the, what's going to give you the flavor versus inside, which can tend to get a little sticky for some people. If you've ever had a gin, you're like, oh, that feels a little sticky when I'm drinking it or I feel like I'm drinking a Christmas tree. Um, the way that we treat our juniper, we want that outside skin. And, and to be quite honest with you, it, it makes for the best tasting gin. So, um, yeah, it's that nice outside of the, the juniper. So when you're harvesting the juniper berries, are you putting them in like big baskets so we just use little orange buckets because um, they're easier to see. Um, and it can be the most defeating thing ever. I'm not going to lie. You'll walk out there. You've, I, we've had people come out, you know, each year, and they're all excited. They're like, I'm going to fill this bucket. And they get, and then they only get about a half an inch uh, worth of juniper at the bottom of the bucket. And they're, they're like, is, it, is this good? We're like, no, that's really good. They're like, no. We're like, no, no that's, that's, that's really good. It, it can be a defeating thing because you are, to some extent, you know, wrestling away these juniper berries from the bush because it's very prickly. Um, you know, you got to glove up. Um, 
But I got to tell you, once once you look in the bucket and you're like, yeah, uh, that's it. But when you combine everybody together and you realize what you can, what you're able to accomplish together, that's where the magic is. And I think. Um, you know, our bartender community is fantastic. Um, I mean, they're they're born service people, right? I mean, that's the great thing about when you go out and have a, a nice cocktail is is the the bar industry professional. They're always willing to you know to serve, but they get such a newfound respect, and they're like, "Wow, I had no idea it took this much juniper, or we had to do this much work to get juniper in order to make gin." So it's not exactly like picking apples. It sounds a, a little no. bit more physically intensive. It can be. Um, I mean, look, it's one of those things that anyone and everyone can do it. Um, it's it's It can be fun, but definitely recommend long sleeves and, and gloves, and we do provide those. <laughs> How many people do you bring up? So this year we're going to have uh, 56 people, uh, 56 uh, bar industry uh, professionals from around the world. Um, again, we have the, uh, the good fortune of being a global company, so we have people coming in from all over the world. We have um, a gal coming from Melbourne, Australia. We have a gentleman from uh, Amsterdam, four people from the United Kingdom, two from Italy, um, even a Canadian because we, you know, right to the north. Um, but uh, truly, they, you know, we have bartenders who apply from all over the world for one of the coveted spots. So we had a few hundred people apply, and then we had we go through those applications and try and assemble the best mix of people to come up and, and learn about what we do here in, at Death's Door, pick some juniper, and basically experience what we know as Wisconsin hospitality. What are the night times like after you're done doing all the juniper picking? What happens then with all you guys up on the island? Well, and, and I should be clear that the Juniper Harvest Festival is actually, it's a five-day immersive experience here in Wisconsin. Uh, we actually start the week here in Madison. So we'll be spending a couple nights here in Madison and a couple days here in Madison as well, showing people the distillery and what we do. Um, They'll get a tour. They'll learn about uh, the process of distilling. Um, We we do some gin training, some botanical training. Uh, We have a wonderful lunch that um, our uh, truth be told, our head distiller, Jason Veal, is also a known chef here in the Madison community and uh, fortunate enough to um, create us a beautiful lunch right there at the uh, the backyard of the distillery. So that's always a nice way to kind of kick things off. But, um, but we have our, our Madison experience, and then we take everybody up to Washington Island. When we go over to Washington Island, we charter our own ferry. So understand that the only way to get to Washington Island from the mainland is by ferry boat in the Wisconsin Island ferries. We actually get our own boat because what we want to do is we want to load all of our people onto the boat. And in the middle of the passage, we shut down the engines. And that can be a little little bit interesting because I, for those who have been on the ferry, even those who haven't, um, it gets very quiet very quickly out on the pass. And the story of Death Door Passage, knowing that many, many ships have sunk in that passage, and now all of a sudden you have no power. Um, but good news is everything is fine. We do it on purpose, and we actually do a toast. Um, we have a, a Death Door toast that we do um, that everybody can join together and basically honor all those that uh, have passed Death Door Passage. That's lovely. Yeah. it's Well, and it's fun. It's really fun. And uh, it's kind of the first introductory to being on the passage and you're seeing all the islands and the, and the water around you and you get a real perspective of this waterway and why it has earned its name. And of course, again, if people are going to come from all over the world in order to come to Juniper Harvest and be part of the Death Store experience, that definitely is part of the experience.
Corner Table is sponsored by the Cap Times Idea Fest, an event with an exciting lineup of guests, including David Axelrod. The fest is in Madison on September 28th and 29th. You can find tickets at captimesideafest.com. Ever since Death's Door Distillery started, you've had that strong connection to Washington Island and, you know, with the wheat that you were sourcing up there, too. So was this sort of a natural progression, the the juniper harvest and the juniper sourcing that came out of that? Absolutely. And I I probably should back up first for people who maybe aren't familiar with Death's Door as a distillery in our name and why why anybody anybody would call anything Death's Door. so dating back to 2005, our founder, Brian Ellison, was on the island, on Washington Island, and uh, was tasked with um, helping the families on the island, the communities on the island, restore agriculture to their community. Um, he had a background in economic development. He wasn't in the industry before. He never even, you know, bust a table other than just maybe to help somebody out along the way. You know, he said, well, one of the things that we can do is we can actually grow things that we can sell off of the island. That way you don't disrupt the integrity of the island. Tourism is obviously their, their top uh, economy, but agriculture is a way to, um, to really, you know, bring about a sustainable economy, especially with some of the young people. Um, you know, there's multiple generations um, uh, on the island. So, you know, the first thing that he, he was able to discover is like, well, let's, let's grow winter wheat, to your point. The hard red winter wheat can grow under the snow and we can harvest it and it'll be, you know, it, it, the, the fields were, were beautiful. I mean, they hadn't been farmed since the 70s. Um, the soil was in, in perfect condition to be able to uh, utilize this crop. And so that's how it really all began. And, and so had some farmers, Tom and Kenny Coyne, raised their hand and said, well, we'll, we'll, we'll farm the land. And some of the uh, landowners on, on the island um, said, well, you can farm my land. So it kind of became like this community effort of this mosaic of farmland. Um, to be able to farm. And so started with five acres of cultivation. Um, we have maxed at 20, excuse me, 1,200 uh, acres of cultivation of winter wheat. We first started out by actually um, selling the wheat to uh, our friends at Capital Brewing. You know, Brian was talking to the guys over there and said, well, how about we'll sell you this wheat? You can call this beer, you know, Island Wheat. And it ended up being a runaway hit uh, for anybody who's ever had it. But it was about two, 2007, and the farmer said, well, you know, let's can we do something else and Brian's like well we can make vodka and and, uh, they said well how do we do that he's like I have no idea so he you know quickly learned that uh, he could take a distilling sciences class at uh, Michigan State University which he did he had been taking this wheat all around the Midwest saying you know telling people the story about you know hey we're growing this wheat in order to restore the economy on the island and a lot of these larger uh, plants these ethanol plants at the time were like yeah, we, that's about a half a day yield for us. So he had a lot of doors, you know, put in his face. Uh, you know, no pun intended, actually, there. But uh, he said, well, you know, let's. I'm just going to learn how to do this myself. And caught a few breaks along the way and, and started uh, making the product back at, uh, at Yohara Bay Distillery back in uh, 2007. And as we have evolved, we, um, we opened up the distillery in Middleton in 2012. But the cool part about this is, the conversation's always been around the wheat, and that's it's great because that's that is the, you know, the base, and we are actually distilling from grain in our distillery. But the juniper is is something that I think, it I don't know if it really came by chance, but it's just always it was just always on the island. So understand that vodka was our first product, and about three months later we started creating gin because the juniper was there. Um, it was a lot smaller batches back then. Um, you know, we didn't have to harvest as much juniper as we do now and utilize as much juniper. But yeah, I think it was just, you know, you kind of look around and go, oh, there's juniper here too. How much juniper do you end up harvesting? 
Well, from the island each year, we, we can only get a small amount, to be quite honest with you, um, because it is a, a difficult crop to, to harvest. Um, we, we normally get about 40 pounds a year from the island. Um, but to be clear, you know, for juniper, the juniper that we use in our gin, we actually use a two juniper blend. Um, we use some juniper from Washington Island and some from Bulgaria. And you say, well, why Bulgaria? Understand that um, most juniper in the world uh, uh, comes from the Mediterranean region, and all juniper in the world is foraged. There is no such thing in the world as commercially grown juniper. So you have to think of it as like you have to go out into the fields and harvest. And uh, after the 2016 juniper harvest, we actually had one of the bartenders say to us, well, how do they harvest the juniper in Bulgaria? Well, if you know anything about our founder, Brian, he's an inquisitive type. And I can tell you three weeks later, we were standing in a field in Zemitsa, Bulgaria, learning how they picked juniper over there. A wonderful lifetime experience, but to, to answer you know, how, how they actually harvest it, the same way we do here. It just, the variety tends to be a little bit more upright, um, but it did give us the learning of saying, okay, maybe there is a variety of juniper that we can be growing in the United States and specifically in Wisconsin that we can harvest more easily. So we brought this information back and talked to the, fee- the people, the good people at the uh, Wisconsin Department of Agriculture and Trade and said, hey, so we're thinking about growing juniper for commercial purpose right here in Wisconsin and, matter of fact, on Washington Island. So we approached Susan Ulm at Greengate Farms and said, hey, Susan, we'd like to put about 200 juniper bushes in your property in an organized fashion. You know, so you think about the rows of, of a crop. And so that's what we did. And so we... Um, and I think we ended up uh, getting a little bit aggressive. We got about 240 trees into the ground last year in 2017. Um, it's going to take a few years for those to grow. It'll be next year, right, before you can actually harvest them? Um, it'll probably be even longer than that. Oh, okay. Because understand, they were they were small saplings. Um, some are male, some are female. Some will produce, some won't. But they'll need each other to pollinate. And but they'll be in this in these long row varieties. And it's our hope that, that starting right here in Wisconsin with, with our agriculture communities, can we take certain farmland or certain land that's not being used and be able to convert it into a usable crop? Because I can tell you, as the craft distilling movement has grown, the demand for juniper has grown. Mm. And there's more gins. There's more than, more than 5,000 gins globally, just as a, a little uh, tidbit. But understand that uh, as the demand grows... And farmland that may be able to be converted to something that uh, you know has economic benefit, why not? Let's give it a try. And so um, we're working closely with closely with the state of Wisconsin in order to to do that, and then even actually look at some federal programs in order to be able to um, give juniper its its due place in the agriculture system here in Wisconsin. And for your juniper festival attendees, they mm-hmm. can stand and harvest. Maybe it might they be a little can. bit easier. Well, in last year, I can tell you that the the group of folks uh, were the ones who actually planted the the trees. Oh. Um, that was a sight to behold because you know we would give them this and like whoever basically plants the most um, would get extra points and so you know extra pound points in the weigh in because that's what we do at our juniper harvest. We break everyone one up into teams so they come to. Uh, juniper harvest and even to Wisconsin in advance, we have six teams and these six teams um, will actually like um, compete in a whole variety of things like costumes and, you know, juniper picking and uh, drink development, all sorts of fun stuff. 
they will go out as a team and, and work together in order to harvest that juniper. And you've taken into the to the uh, the master of ceremony, uh, who is basically weighing in by the ounce um, how much juniper each team has, and he's making announcements to the field because we're all in fairly close proximity. But uh, he's got his megaphone, you know, one of those annoying megaphones, and he he's you know telling everyone about you know. Um, someone didn't just wade in with six ounces of juniper, you know, and who's at the lead? And um, it's, a, it's a competitive thing, and uh, bartenders are competitive folks, um, so this is a lot of fun. But they, uh, they will compete in order to pick the most juniper um, for a prize to be determined. It's, it's harvest as a game. It has to be because you have to make it fun. And we started Juniper Harvest 11 years ago because we realized that, like, picking it on our own wasn't going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, and it's actually a huge pain in the butt. So we With s- how many people back then? Seven. Oh, my gosh. So the first Juniper Harvest had seven people, and they, f- they didn't bring gloves because they didn't know. Um, they didn't really have the proper equipment. Learned pretty quickly. But um, the one thing I can tell you about bar industry professionals is that um, even as difficult as the work might be, uh, they're into it. Um, so we just throw a party. And that's what we did. We're like, well, this is not the funnest, easiest thing to do. So let's just throw a party and invite some people. And, you know, we'll barbecue at night and make some things happen and, and just have a good time. And that's really what, what happened and how it's evolved from there. What are you looking forward to this year at the Juniper Harvest? Well, I'm really hoping the rain stops. I, I mean, you know, uh, look, rain, think rain is all great, but I think stops. we're all hoping the rain stops because you want to show people who come from, I mean, think about when you have family and friends come visit. You always want to have, you know, a nice, beautiful, sunny, wonderful mm. Wisconsin that we all know and love. So I think that's the thing I'm, I'm looking forward to. But really f- um, the most um, impactful thing for me and, and the thing that sticks with me each year with Juniper Harvest is the friendships and the relationships that we form with this uh, community of bartenders, and they form with one another. Um, they they become very close friends. Um, they travel the world to um, visit each other and see each other. Um, so it's really an honor to be a part of that, to be a part of a new friendship circle with them, and to know that we now have, you know, new friends all across the world that, you know, um, not only got the chance to participate, but now are fully and truly and totally in love with Destor spirits. And we love that. I, I would imagine that if you go once, you might want to go again. But it's, you know what, we get a lot of people who apply for a second time. Um, it's hard for us to do that. But um, part of our structure, um, we have six teams that we bring in. But then what we also do is we bring a leader for each team. And those leaders will be people from previous years. Because oh, okay. uh, they know the drill, they know what's expected, and they can kind of, you know, be an extension of our staff. We're a very small staff at Death's Door. There's only nine of us. So um, we're a small team. And so when we, you know, bring in our bartender friends, we, you know, we want to make sure that uh, we can meet everybody's needs. And so we bring in some alumni and uh, have them help us guide the experience for the next group of people. Are you staying in cabins up there? Are you camping? We actually stay at a variety of the, the motels and cabins on the island. So um, fortunately, we've we've been able to kind of rein it into a few because we, we transport everyone by cherry train, which is hilarious, by the way. We don't allow anybody to drive on the island. We don't allow anybody to drive when they're here. We take care of everything. 
but we we drive them around. But we, we you know we stay away from the town liner and the Bitter End uh, uh, Cedar Lodge, which was just uh, purchased and renovated. Um, you've got uh, you know the friends at the Door Cross and uh, you know Sunset Lodge. I mean these guys are I mean the hoteliers up there they're the most wonderful accommodating people. And so when we bring in you know this group, we take up each of their entire motel. Like they you know they they hold it aside for us and. Um, but yeah, so we're we're doing the whole thing um, by motel, and we're we're moving around the island by cherry train, which is, you know, if if you're not familiar with the cherry train, it literally is an open amusement park like thing. I've seen it go by. <laughs> it's 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 pretty hilarious, but it you know it moves everybody at, at one time. So and you don't have to pedal it, which is nice. No, it's not no like pedaling, pedal. no pedaling. <laughs> but um, we do you know we do suggest some walking to places at times, and obviously the juniper harvest picking can be its own its own demand. But um, I think the, the most physically uh, demanding thing that we ask of our, our harvesters, um, our juniper pickers, is we actually do a volunteer um, segment with the Washington Island School. So the very first thing that they do when they arrive on Washington Island is uh, volunteer for a couple hours at the Washington Island School. It's the smallest school district in the state, um, receives the least amount of funding. Um, I, you know, last year, I think they graduated four students. Um, it's it's a small district, and so what we do is we come in. Um, last year, they actually had us wash and wax their new used bus, um, which was hilarious. Um, but this year, we're going to do some landscaping and some painting, um, anything we can to basically help them uh, improve the school, that they can have a great sense of pride. And, and the bartenders often cite the volunteer experience at the school as one of the highlights of the trip. That and the juniper harvesting, of course. <laughs> of course. Well, thank you so much for telling me about this. I, I, As I said, I've wondered about it for years, and it sounds like a great time. It's a fantastic time, and it's a, it's great for us to be able to give Wisconsin the showcase that it is. I mean, we live in a wonderful place. Um, you know, for Desdor to be a part of that, we're just, it's fantastic to be able to show it off to people. We're, we're super excited. All right. Well, thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you. been The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times. Our music was composed by Patrick Christians. Follow along with Death Store's Juniper Harvest on Instagram at Juniper Harvest, and follow us too at Corner Table Podcast on Facebook. For more food and drink news, go to captimes.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and lots of other places, and I hope you will. I am your host, Cap Times food writer Lindsay Christians. My wish for you this week is a Southside cocktail. Gin, lime juice, simple syrup, and mint. Couldn't be easier, and it's delicious. Cheers! The Corner Table has been brought to you by the Cap Times Idea Fest. Two days of lively discussion on September 28th and 29th on the University of Wisconsin-Madison campus. You can find tickets at captimesideafest.com.